Hey, we're in a study in the book of Haggai. And if you're visiting with us, the reason we have the set, uh, the stage decorated the way that it is, is because it really is a construction book in the Bible. It's about the children of Israel building, or the lack of building, the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the theme of the book of Haggai is the time is now. And I am really enjoying digging into this book. I've never preached a sermon series on it, so I am really enjoying it. And I'm very, and I'm really excited about today's message because I am into our spiritual health this year. I'm into my own spiritual health. In fact, this week I bought a book about leading from a healthy soul. And uh, I'm really looking forward to digging into that. I'm concerned about your spiritual health. And I'm concerned about the spiritual health of our church. And this series really goes a lot into that addressing the issue of your spiritual health. As a matter of fact, today's message really meets it head on. And so I want to give you your, spirit, your healthy spiritual, your spiritual, anyway, here's your spiritual health tip, all right? Here it is. Spiritually healthy people do consistently what spiritually unhealthy people do occasionally. Spiritually healthy people do consistently what spiritually unhealthy people do occasionally turn in your bibles to hebrews chapter one now why you're turning in your bibles to hebrew chapter one let me give you a little haggai history 101 if you weren't here last week let me just give you the highlights from it in 587 bc one of the most traumatic events in the history of israel happened when nebuchadnezzar ii marched into jerusalem burnt down the cities destroyed the gates decimated the temple, stole the temple vessels, and left the city just demolished. Took the best and the brightest, took them, captured them to uh, Babylon, and there the best and the brightest lived for 50 years. In 538 B.C., Cyrus the Great went without a shot fired, without an arrow shot, went to into Babylon, captured the city of Babylon, and part of his kind of overall philosophy, because he didn't really believe much in any god, so he didn't want to offend any god, so he would repatriate the land with the people and their gods. So in 536 BC, the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem, where Shazbazar was the governor of Jerusalem, they were allowed to return, and the temple reconstruction project would be fully funded by Cyrus the Great. Not because he believed in Jehovah God, it was just his political policy, and he was just trying to keep peace throughout the world because he was the man of the entire world. So in 536, the Jews began to resettle Jerusalem. They began to work on the temple. Some Bible scholars think the work might have lasted as much as two years, and then the work stopped. They quit. Did nothing. I mean, when I say did nothing, they did nothing. Oh, they still went to church. They still went to synagogue. The, the, the foundation was still messed up. But they would still go. They, they would still see their church going songs. But the foundation was still messed up. They'd still go with their temple going buddies. But the foundation would still be messed up. They would confess sin. And, and with their other sinful church going temple going buddies. And, but the foundation was messed 
up. And so they were only living in occasional obedience to God. And so you find that in 520 BC that God raises up two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. And they deliver a message. And the theme of the book of Haggai is this. The time is now. He delivers four messages from the from the Lord. And the first message was consider your ways. Consider your ways. I mean, you, you line up your life this way and that way. Use with God's truth and God's word. If you want to use a construction term, it's like using a... A laser level. And that thing just spins around the room. Keeping the whole room and what you're putting up on there. Completely in alignment. Completely in place. And that's what we do when we consider God's word. We look at all of our heart. All of our life. So that everything in our life is completely aligned and arranged. According to God's truth. Consider your ways. Now today we're going to look at the people's response. To his message. Because it was a healthy spiritual response. And healthy, spiritually healthy people do consistently what spiritually unhealthy people do occasionally. And so they would uh, begin to just, we're going to look at their, their response. And it's found in Haggai chapter 1 verses 12 through 15. Matter of fact, we're going to throw verse 12 up on the screen right here so you can read it. It's also in your sermon notes inside your bulletin. You can do it on your smartphone or you can even look it up the old-fashioned way in the Bible. But here it is, the people's response. And basically, here's the, here's the thing that, that was motivated them was the phrase, I am with you. Now, that comes in verse 14 where he says, I am am with you but let's read verse 12 then Zerubbabel the son of that guy and Joshua the son of that guy go ahead and laugh you don't know how to say it either and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God what was the message the message was I am with you say that with me I am am with you say it one more time say it like you mean it say it like you believe it the god of this universe creator sustainer of everything that there has been is or ever will be says i am with you is there ever a time where he is not with you no there's a time where we're not present in his presence but there's never a time he's not with us and so the the whole it was it was the leader Zerubbabel it was the preacher Joshua and it was the remnant of the people both those who were left behind in Jerusalem and those who had returned from the exile in Babylon they were coming together and they heard the message of God consider your ways I am with you and when they heard the words of the prophet that had sent them the people feared God. But but look at the look at a cool little verse. Verse 13 says, I am with you. And then look at verse 14. Verse 14 would talk about how God stirred up the people. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation and And verse 14, you'll see on the screen in just a second, comes from the New Living Translation. And it said, and so the Lord sparked enthusiasm. 
of Zerubbabel. He sparked the enthusiasm of the preacher Joshua. He sparked the enthusiasm of the, the preacher. If you have a King James Bible, the, the New International Bible, the ESV Bible, English Standard Version, they would say it this way, the Lord stirred the hearts. The Lord stirred their hearts. Well, neither word really kind of does that phrase sparked them their enthusiasm or stirred their hearts justice because when he said he stirred the heart it means to rouse up to awaken to set in motion now i'm not talking about this little honey it's time to get up now i'm talking about something that gets your attention I mean, this stirring of the Lord was huge. Man, it got their attention. It wasn't some little, oh, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm here. God is with you. It's time to wake up. It's time to get busy. I love this thing, man. I'm going to preach every Sunday with one of these. Mark nods off right there. So the Lord says, I am with you. And when they heard that the great I am, the great I am from Exodus when Moses said, who shall, I say that send me, and he says, I am that I am. So when they knew, every Jew did, when that phrase was, I am with you, declares the Lord. Man, it got their attention. There was no more sleeping there was no more rousing, doubt, dra- being drowsy. I was going to say rousy, but that's not a word. You do whatever you want to. I'm just having fun with this thing, you know? In other words, God was so prevalent on the scene, they couldn't help but know he was in the presence. It woke them up, challenged them. It set in motion a chain of events that show us how spiritually healthy people respond when God is moving on the scene. Here's, and so Haggai, because their hearts were stirred, because their enthusiasm was sparked, because God had gotten their attention, we find out that there's kind of three simple kind of things that spiritually healthy or responses that spiritually healthy people do from right here in the text. First of all, spiritually healthy people will, I lost my place now. I had so much fun playing with that thing. I lost my place. Look at verse 12. Spiritually healthy people obey God's word. Spiritually healthy people respond by obeying God's word. All right? Now remember, spiritually healthy people do consistently what spiritually unhealthy people do occasionally. Now they were beginning to respond by obeying God's word. The word obey means to listen to, to hear and acknowledge, to hear and acknowledge and respond. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, I got that. It wasn't, oh, I heard that before. Blah, 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 blah. It's kind of like Charlie Brown. You know, when the parents speak. Exactly. When the children speak, it's with absolute clarity. When the parents speak, it's with... 
Sometimes we do that with God. Our friends speak, it's with absolute clarity. False teachers speak, it's with absolute clarity. And then all of a sudden, God speaks through our hearts and we just kind of respond to his presence and being in his presence with... God said, "Uh uh-uh. When you obey... Before it begins, before obedience works its way through your hands, it works its way through your head, it works its way through your heart, and then it is expressed through your hands. Got it? Spiritually healthy people respond by obeying God's word. It, 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 it began with their intellect. It kicked in, inner recognition, and their resolve to meet God's demands and his message was credited to them for obedience. In other words, they repented. They hadn't picked up one brick yet and set it on another. They hadn't gone back to the temple construction site to go to work yet. But we don't even think that they went to the hill yet to bring the timber down yet to build the temple up yet. Verse 8. But what we do think is that the people heard the message, consider your ways, and that the great I am is with us. And it so got their attention that they began to repent in their heart of their occasional obedience. And they realized that God was not calling them to occasional obedience. He was calling them to consistent obedience. And they repented of that. And they began to worship the Lord through their obeying. So spiritually healthy people do consistently what spiritually spiritually unhealthy people do. Occasionally spiritually healthy people respond by obeying God's word. Well, the second thing that you see is that they end the verse 12. Not only do they respond by obeying God's word, but secondly, spiritually healthy people respond by fearing God's word and worshiping God. Now, the fear is not the... (laughs) Now, the pastors, and I am not part of this. I'm part of the pastors, but I'm not part of what I'm about to tell you. Our office manager, Wanda Panduke, that we all love, is deathly afraid of mice. I don't know if you know this or not. So, the tallest pastor among us, not mention any names, but he loves taking these little plastic, life-looking-like mice... Putting it in her office. Sneaking up behind her. And just about the time she's there and she sees it, he'll go, ah! Well, Wanda starts beating the mess out of him. The rest of us scatter. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I know some of you. You've been physically abused as a child. And you were so deathly afraid of your fa- to be in your father's presence. I am not talking about that kind of fear. In the Old Testament, the used fear, the word fear, was used to describe extreme awe and extreme reverence. That, that you were in such a holy presence... That, that the only emotions worthy 
of expressing. The, added, the only attitude worthy of possessing was this attitude of extreme awe and extreme reverence. And so when Haggai declared that I am with you, and their hearts begot convicted over their occasional disobedience or over their occasional obedience. Now their hearts were convicted of their occasional worship and their occasional desire to live in the presence of God. And if you understand the narrative of the entire Bible, it is about God's desire to be with you and his desire for you to live continually, not just on Sunday morning, but for you to continually live in his presence. And so when they said fear, it's not ha ha It is that you fear, you honor, you awe, you reverence God, and you worship. Listen, if this is the only hour in your week you worship, you are a spiritually unhealthy person. Now, since nobody amen there, I want to say it one more time. If this is the only hour hour of the week that you worship you are a spiritually unhealthy person now you didn't believe it when you amen there you just that was a courtesy amen so I would go on so I'm going to say it one more time (laughs) if the only time you intentionally deliberately Step into the presence of God through the acts of worship. You are a spiritually unhealthy person if this is the only time you do it in the entire week. Well, now you sound like it's a revival, but that's okay, you know? (laughs) You know, Don is, and I don't know how you worship. There's so many other ways. You can worship through serving because there's, there's, there's some of us who would like to sing, but Don doesn't let us sing. And so you got, so we, we have to find other ways to serve. You know, he's told us stories about when he's driving along and, and he's listening to Christian music and he's in there and he's just, you know, bobbing his head and he's raising his hand and the guy pulls up beside him and he looks over and I wonder what he's thinking of. You know, Fu Manchu there, you know, doing this thing and... <laughs> praising God you know others of you man you're all over this place you are serving you serve outside of this place you love serving me I love preaching you're just kissing up now people I understand most Monday mornings, I listen to OnePlace.com. If you do not have that website saved on your bookmark, OnePlace.com, there's 40 or 120 to 140 very conservative uh, preachers of the gospel. I love listening to Tony Evans because usually on Monday mornings, I'm just like kind of wiped out. And man, he stirs, <laughs> he stirs me up. Man, he, he awakens. Man, I, I will listen to that. Man, it's like, it's good. It's awesome. I listen to other, other fellas, and, and it just, man, it fuels my heart. It just gets me thinking and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know how 
you worship. But if the only hour of your 160 hours a week is the hour you spend in here in worship, you are a spiritually unhealthy person because that is occasional worship when God demands a lifestyle of worship. Got it? So when Haggai said, I am is with you. Oh, you mean he's with us when we're not at the temple? Yeah, I am is with you. You mean he's with us when we're, you know, doing marketplace stuff? Yes, I am who's with you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, he is with you. Act like he is always with you and worship him and fear him. You understand, when you walk through the door, God doesn't just, you know, hit the punch card and clock out. The same promise that was true of Haggai is the same promise that's true of you when he said, I am with you. So spiritually healthy people, spiritually healthy people respond by fearing and worshiping the Lord. And the third habit that spiritually healthy people do is they work for the Lord. They work for the Lord. They, they, they had this united grasp of the reality of God's presence was with his people. And great things can happen when they work together. When they work together. Man, they got all fired up, man. They heard the message, I am with you. They got fired up and they would say, hey, hey, let's go. Hey, we, we heard from God. Let's get with it, people. Come on. And then they, they said, we got to get people up to the mountain. We got to get the timber down. We got to start building the people up. We got to send some people down to the, to the construction site. We got to clear out the weeds and the debris. We got to get, we can, come on, people, we got to get busy here. We got to serve the Lord. Man, they got fired up about it, man. They got jazzed up about it. We do the same thing, don't we? God lays a burden on our heart. He promises he'll be with us. We have hope. We obey him. We worship him. We decide to to serve him. We get all fired up. We start out going after it, you know. We work hard. We're all about it. I mean, man, there's, there's no stopping us. We're in God's will. And then we're just like the, the, the Israelites. If you start reading chapter 2, we'll go there next week. It's one month later. And their enthusiasm is gone. It's four weeks later. Their consistency diminished. It was four weeks later that that fired up feeling, that... That was kind of weak, wasn't it? Had left. And that is so like us. Man, we, 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 we get all fired up about doing something. And if you listen to most of the preaching on TV, or you listen to a lot of the teaching by, or any of the teaching by false prophets, they will lead you to believe that if you are doing God's will, that you will, it is life, it is easy, it is good, and there will be no problems. But what they're saying and their words don't match up to the words of this book. This book says, in this world, you will have persecution. Jesus said that. But he also said, be not dismayed, because why? I am with you. 
And so what we do is we get all fired up, and then at the first little pushback, we go, oh, maybe that wasn't God's will after all. Or we understand how much commitment that it takes and how much time is involved. We go, ooh, ooh, maybe, maybe that's not the real deal. You get all fired up about it, and then you just... Monday, Blake and I were working on a construction project in our basement. We were replacing a window, which for some of you is not a big deal in your basement. For me, I might as well have been building Noah's Ark. <laughs> and, and so we finally, late in the evening, got it done and you know, tucked in the concrete. And that was like the mortar. And we were so glad it was finished that Blake, just like a gazelle, jumped up and grabbed the rafters. And then he just started swinging from one rafter to the other. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it was like Kung Fu, his Blake Fu, man. He was just, he was just swinging and he swung into the stairwell and up the stairwell he went. And I'm watching my son do that. And I go, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> I, I'm not making, and I thought, I used to be a gymnast. <laughs> I did the rings. I did the high bar. He looks like me. I'm responsible for half of his genetic makeup. If he can do that with half, think what I can do. So I went. Walked over, got the ladder. That really took a lot of fun out of it. Climbed up the ladder two steps. Started hanging from the rafters. I'm hanging from the rafters. Waiting for the wind of Blake flew, flew <laughs> to push me forward. So I swung, and it was really more like a wiggle. <laughs> and I'm still hanging there, trying. My arms are getting heavy. My hands are getting, you know, slipping. And I just finally dropped to the ground. And I just took the walk of shame. <laughs> Flipped the lights off, went up the steps, didn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> until right now. And that's what a lot of us do. We see somebody else, it looks so easy for them. But you're not them. And we watch somebody else obey God. And it seems so effortless for them. And the first time that we get a little pushback, the first time that we don't get that, you know, Blake Fu wind to help us, first time it doesn't work for us, we take the step back and all of a sudden we're now giving God only occasional 
obedience. We're only giving God occasional service. We're only giving God occasional worship. That's what spiritually unhealthy people do. They occasionally obey. They will occasionally worship. And they will occasionally serve. And they wonder why God isn't consistently blessing them. Listen, you will not get the consistent blessings of God living an occasional obedient and occasionally worshipful and occasionally serving lifestyle. It doesn't work that way. So if you want to be spiritually healthy, man, you gotta, you got to obey God consistently. You want to be spiritually healthy, you got to worship God consistently. You've got to do things to consistently, intentionally, with your intentionality and intellect and knowledge, be in his presence. And you've got to sacrifice, you've got to do the hard work of serving You say, is it worth it? Absolutely. Man, the people got all fired up. You can read verse 14 and you can read verse 15. Man, they got all fired up and they were, they were ready to go. But I want you to remember the deal is that spiritually healthy people consistently do what spiritually unhealthy people only do occasionally. And the message of I am with you is the same and the prom- that same promise that he gave, Haggai gave to the children of Israel, is the same promise for us today. That God in heaven, I am, the great I am, is with us. That the great I am who was with Moses is still with us today. And the great I am that was with Joshua is still with us today. And the great I am that was with David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Haggai and the children of Israel is still with us today. I am telling you the good news of the gospel is that when Jesus Christ came to be born of the Virgin Mary, Christmas that we celebrated not too long ago, it was God's ultimate declaration that I am and I will forever be with you and your responsibility is to forever consistently live with him I am with you would you bow your heads would you close your eyes for just a moment grab the promise and hang on to it when you're tired hang on to it when you're discouraged hang on to it God is with you When you're not sure if your marriage is going to work, hang on to the promise. God is with you and consistently do what God has called you to do. Consistently obey, consistently worship, consistently serve. God is with you. When you're tempted to sin, don't do it. God is with you. He loves you. And he gave his son to die on the cross for you. God is on your side. He loves you and he cares about you. And Haggai's generation acted with a renewed sense of urgency. Because the message of the gospel, the great I am, is now with them. And maybe you're here this morning and you think, oh man, I'm spiritually unhealthy. I only occasionally obey God. I only occasionally, I only occasionally worship him. I only occasionally serve him. I do it out of my convenience instead of his, of, instead of his desire for my obedience. And maybe today you realize you need to have a more consistent life and walk with Jesus Christ and God the Father and obeying and worshiping and serving. And in just a few minutes, we're going to emphasize the second one response of Haggai's people in Jerusalem. We're going to worship. 
And the altar is wide open. And some of you here this day, you might need to repent because you're an occasional worshiper. You're an occasional obedient person. You're occasionally serving Jesus Christ. That's not what he requires. That's not what he asks. He wants consistent us to consistently live healthy in his presence. And you can only be spiritually healthy as you live in the presence of the great I am. So in just a moment, we're going to worship. And the altar is open. If you've got a burden on your heart, you come and you believe his promise that no matter what you're going through, I am is with you. And no matter what trial you're facing, you can pray and give it to the Lord because the great I am is with you. And no matter the disappointments of life, the challenges of life, you can praise our God in heaven because the great I am is with you. Would you stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Father, the altar is absolutely open for however you would move upon our hearts. And it might be just to worship you more. Maybe some need to confess the sin of of lack of obedience or occasional obedience or of occasional serving. And Father, may we just embrace you and worship you. May we be thrilled. May we be moved. May we be stirred. May you spark that enthusiasm in our heart that I am is with us.